So establish your um, expectations with your client up front, you know, that way the relationship just stays smooth. You don't have to deal with all of the confusion because it can get confusing very quickly if those boundaries are not set. Welcome to Two VAs and a Mic, your guide to making money and serving your community. And our podcast will help you learn about the journey of monetizing your skills and providing your services professionally, all from the comfort of your home. We also will talk to our business owners, authors, writers, CEOs, and solopreneurs who may use or benefit from using a VA in their business. Boil all that down to two VAs and a mic and then mix them together with two different perspectives flared with expertise. What do you get? Shantae Harris, founder of Shantae VA, LLC. And Lovely Brooks, founder of Lovely Occasions and Etc. LLC. Good morning, Shantae. Good morning. Good morning. Hello and welcome to the room where we are talking about all things boundaries. This room is hosted by the Virtual Assistant Alliance Club, where we talk about all things virtual assisting to encourage, educate, and inspire with our topics, tricks, and experiences to elevate any and all VAs on this journey. If you are not already a member of this club, please click on the little greenhouse at the very top. My name is Lovely Brooks, and I am the founder of Lovely Occasions and Etc., a virtual assistant agency where we specialize in operations and launch support, where we alleviate the business owners from back-end day-to-day management so they can focus on their zone of genius and scaling their business. I am also a coach for new and aspiring virtual assistants, and I help them build sustainable, thriving virtual assistant careers. So I want to take a moment to um, allow my moderator to also um, introduce herself. Good morning. My name is Shantae Harris, and I am founder of Shantae's VA. I specialize in newsletters, blogs, privacy policies, and low content books. So why don't we start off with, tell me what boundaries mean to you? Because I know when I was first starting off, um, my mentor would be like, okay, so you need to think about your boundaries. And again, I really didn't know what that meant. <laughs> it was, I mean, now as I went through the journey, I've been around other entrepreneurs, it's very clear what boundaries are. But as I was first starting and just coming from a nine to five, going into working for myself and people are like, make sure you stick with your boundaries. I really didn't know what that meant. So uh, why don't you share with us, Shantae, what do you think it means? Well, to me, when, like you coming from corporate America, our boundaries was already set, right? So you would get points taken off if you're late and you had lunch at such and such about time. So their boundaries was already set. And like you, I didn't know how to convert over. And then as my business began to grow and as I you know, learned more and more terms in this entrepreneur world, I learned that boundaries are very, very important. Um, the main boundary that I have learned and tried to stick with is your hours, you know, being a 
being a virtual assistant, you can work when you need to, you know, as long as you hit your deadlines, as long as everything um, is in order for you and your client, stick to your hours that you both establish during your onboarding process. I think that is very important. That way, the communication stays open. You know, if I worked from nine to four in my business, then any clients or team members that I have knows after 4 p.m., Shantae is not going to respond to most likely the following morning unless she has the time. And that also goes with your clients. If you already have a set schedule and you already have your tasks that you have scheduled into your personal calendar for the week and a client might pop up and be like, oh, we have such and such going on. You have to set your boundaries so that you don't get overwhelmed or take on extra work when you possibly don't have the time. You know what I mean? So to me, that's where boundaries, it, it starts in the beginning on your onboarding process when you bring your client into your business and you guys collaborate together. I think you said so many good things in there. Um, when you are used to a corporate environment or nine to five, you're right. They set their boundaries and basically you either accept it or you find another job or it won't end up too well. So they have their boundaries set. And I think that that's so good to mention because I think that's why I just didn't understand what <laughs> my mentor was talking about when she was saying that you need to set your boundaries because they have always have been set for me. So I just, I think that in itself is something that if um, we can be aware of when we're meeting some people that everybody just doesn't really know exactly what that means. Um, I do also agree with the timing and so forth. I think it's just really important for you to have a strong foundation um, for your business. And I think when you have that strong foundation, it's really easy for you to go back and see what boundaries you do have and what boundaries you don't. And by that, I just mean by knowing your why, um, why you're doing what you're doing. I decided to go into entrepreneurship um, a lot of reasons because one, I wanted to spend more time with my kids and two, I wanted to make more money. So I needed to bring in more money and work less. And that's what it trans, you know, uh, translates to. And for me, it's very easy for me to see if an opportunity is aligned with my why or if it's not. So it becomes easier for me to stick with my boundaries. So I knew for me that that was my my big why. That's why I was doing what I was doing. Otherwise, I felt like I could go back into corporate. I mean, obviously, there are some other little extra benefits to it, but there's also extra cons to it. So for me, my main thing is just knowing and having that strong foundation of what you're doing and why you're doing it and how you're doing it and how you're going to get there it makes it a lot easier for you to see when your boundaries are. Now, I say all that because I'm going to get into some of those details um, that Shantae mentioned, such as like hours and so forth. So I know for me, particularly, um, I only ever have available 
20 hours a week to spend on client work. And I dedicate five hours a week to my own business. So that's 25 hours a week. And, you know, if I'm a little less on client work, that means I can pour more into my business, whatever. But I know that my foundation is 25 hours a week to work. And that's what it is. And I won't ever move less than five hours a week on my own business. So um, I can move with the client work, but I don't move with my own. So that also makes it easy for me to see how much I can really take on um, before maybe either I need to say no or I need to outsource. And then knowing that I need to bring on more money and work less, I also can look at how much um, the offer of the opportunity is making. So it keeps it aligned because I think when I first started, I was just really lost. I was lost. Okay. Boundaries. I, I just need to pay my bills. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> if I just need to pay my bills, I'm not worried about all of that. It's like whoever, however, and I see that happen a lot. I see a lot of people just take on a lot of different clients that really may not be aligned with what they, um, ultimately want and then you get burnt out and then you get discouraged and you may even quit so um <laughs> those foundations i would say just knowing why you're doing something how you're going to do it what your limit is which is a boundary i think it makes it really easy for the rest of your boundaries to kind of come in place so another thing that i personally don't do that i think is very um, I guess it's unique because <laughs> I know when people will talk about this, I'll see this in groups all the time and I don't have working hours. I don't tell people my working hours. I don't have working hours. I give you my contact information and I have a response time. That's what that is. But I do not have working hours. I don't like them. <laughs> Because I don't ever want to tell somebody I'm available from this time to that time because I just might not be, you know. I'm planning to go on a field trip with my baby um, on Friday. So I won't be available. And I know that it doesn't mean that you're always available. But when you start telling your clients, and this is just me because this is what works for me, not necessarily everybody else because it's always a, a controversy versatile thing when I, I bring this up but you know some people or some of your clients are going to want to know that you're available from nine to five or eight to two or whenever they're going to want to know that but me personally I just don't like that I don't want them to have the idea um, <laughs> that I'm necessarily available during a certain amount of time because I feel like that limits my freedom now, it could be all in my mind because usually, yeah, I'm still always there. I can answer. Um, but I just don't even like to set up that um, expectation. So they are always able to schedule a meeting with me, always able to schedule a check-in. Um, and then it's just when I'm available, we get together and we have that check-in. And, you know, they give me deadlines and so forth. But I do not actually like to give out any um, specific hours. So <laughs> I know most people do. 
And it's always funny because when I say that and like I'm in a group or something, they really, it's always controversial. I always feel like I'm always that rebel. <laughs> no, <laughs> the pot. There'll be like three on my side and then there'll be like five on the other. But no, I do not like it. I don't um, give that out. But I do give response times because I do believe you need to have expectations of when you will hear back from me. So you will hear back from me within 24 hours unless it is a weekend or a holiday. So, But that was one of the boundaries for me and my business that I found work well for me. Um, and that's why you love being a business owner because you can do that. You you can set your boundaries to whatever fits your lifestyle and putting the limits on how you want to run things. So I do think it's very important for you to know exactly how you want to run things or what fits for you as a person um, what it is that you treasure and, and so forth, because guess what? The right people will find you and they will be able to match with exactly how it is you want to run your business. And the ones that maybe need that nine to five, like if someone came up to me and they said, hey, I need a, a virtual assistant available from 10 to 2, Monday through Friday. I wouldn't even apply for that job or I would not even say that I was available, but I might would say, hey, I know of somebody or, you know, or I can recommend X, Y, and Z, but I would already know that that person would not be for me. So the more you can be honest with yourself about yourself and about your foundation and why you're doing certain things that you're doing, I think the easier it will be for you to get those boundaries and know what works for you and the truer you can be the happier you will be in your business so uh shante another boundary i wanted to talk about was the expectations of your client um what i am learning is that onboarding chat your kickoff call or whichever you choose to call it is very important for you to establish your boundaries with your client. Um, what exactly do you need from your client for your project to start? What exactly does your client need for you from you as far as hours, as far as material, as far as time frame in which particular projects will be completed? I think that is very, very important because you don't want to get miscommunication. You don't want to, you know, start a project, but you don't have everything that you need to complete it. You know, it will it will confuse you and then it will frustrate your client. And then now your client experience is not what you initially thought it was. So establish your expectations with your client up front. You know, that way the relationship just stays smooth. You don't have to deal with all of the confusion because it can get confusing very quickly if those boundaries are not set right i do agree with that and i've been doing a whole whole lot um i know we went over in the boot camp that i just did last week and today we're giving away amazing prizes um about your onboarding process so i i do the discovery call is when you're for me 
the discovery call is when they're still a potential client. Your kickoff call is when they are now a client. The difference is they sign the contract and they have paid the invoice. So for me in that discovery call, that's when I put like all the expectations of what you can expect by working with me. So if you do have certain hours, you want to make sure you put them in in there. You want to make sure they know there. You want to make sure that they're aware of, you know, even expectations on payment, um, when they can expect uh, the next invoice, how they should be paid. And a lot of people get uncomfortable with that, but I'm going to be honest, it can get confusing, especially if you have a client that maybe either has one, more of an employee mindset, or two, you have a client that is that has maybe several different freelancers, and they just put them all in one group. Now, I've had several clients in both of those settings, so make sure that you tell them how you run your business and how you run the expectations of payment. That's gonna, if you're, if you're not comfortable with having those conversations up front, I'm gonna just tell you all that's gonna happen is there will be miscommunication and then you're gonna have to be real uncomfortable because at this point you didn't already put in services and for whatever reason, there's a misunderstanding of how that's gonna roll. So make sure you put that out there. Um, as far as the project, I like to have them fill out a questionnaire and then have the discovery call. The purpose for that is because the questionnaire is that long, I'm all up in your business. What is it you really looking for? Even if it's something as simple as social media, I need to know how many platforms do you want? I need to know, do you want hashtags, captions, and graphics? Or do you just want us to do maybe graphics? Or do you just want us to do the graphics and and, and hashtag research? You know, it, there's so many different ways. And then how often do you want it posted? Do you want it posted the same way for every single platform? And really this information you should definitely know before the discovery call anyway, because in order to price something, you need to, you need to know all that or else you're either gonna cut yourself short um, nine out of 10, you're just going to cut yourself short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say maybe the other way around, but I'm going to just be honest. That's very, I'm sure there is a uh, possibility that can happen, but nine times out of 10, you're going to cut yourself short. And not only that, um, you want to make sure you have that real clear because then they may be like, okay, well now I want you to also add doing X, Y, Z. I want you to also, you know, take care of my Facebook uh, community room. And you guys didn't really discuss that, but they were thinking they were just getting a virtual assistant. So basically you just kind of do whatever it is they need you to do. And you're like, no, what we discussed was, you know, specifically these three platforms, this many posts a month with hashtags, whatever, it makes it real clear for you to know what they can expect out of you and then you can expect out of them. And then you can also ask them, hey, um, do you already have a scheduling um, tool that you use or do you expect for me to use a scheduling tool? But I will also say as much as sometimes that can be very uh hit or miss 
it's also your time to shine. It's your time to really show your expertise before you, they even become your client. So the more you can make them feel comfortable about the process, because many business owners are still not 100% comfortable or aware of the process of dealing with a virtual assistant too, and you can also let them know clear boundaries, then that a lot of times comforts a lot of people. It, it does. It, it, they're like, okay, well, I know she's got this because she says she's going to use um, the tool that's needed, this, this, and this, and so forth. So then they agree to all that. Usually what I do is great. We send out the proposal because we didn't discuss exactly what it is you need. Um, if they agree to the proposal, awesome. Now I'm giving them that welcome letter. My welcome letters always ask that these are the passwords I'm going to need. These are the softwares I'm going to need. And then I need you to schedule a kickoff call. The kickoff call is where, um, and now it depends. Sometimes I have a very in-depth client where I have a kickoff call and then I have a what I call even just like a software call. Um, and that's just to make sure you have all the access. You could get into all of their access. You need to know, do you have your project management system? Are you going to need me to implement a project management system? Am I just going to use my own project management system? Do you already use a password management tool? <laughs> or do you want me to use mine? Um, and then some of them may not know, so you need to just kind of tell them. But all of those, yes, you're right, goes with the expectations. And when you have those expectations, you can make your potential client feel um, a lot more comfortable because they see your expertise. Um, and that's just the best way. So I would always say when you're starting to talk about expectations of a project, the more you can have on your side as well, um, the better it is. Because then you're going to be able to be like, hey, you know what? This person really knows what they do. And I'll be honest with you guys, tip for you. Um, <laughs> when you find that they are comforted in your in the expectations, you can then make recommendations such as, well, I really recommend that you have your own project management tool. It's going to be easier for us to communicate and for you to see exactly where I'm at on a project. Um, you can see if it's in progress or if it's needed, blah, blah, blah. And then you can recommend that. But when you recommend it, you'd be like, well, I'd be more than happy. The tool itself, there is a free version, um, but I will be charging XYZ if I actually need to implement that software. Bam! Add <laughs> <laughs> on. So I'm just telling you guys, you guys just, I mean, it takes time though. I, I do feel like it takes time. I feel like we're, we're, throwing a lot of things out there, but honestly, it's not like I knew that when I was first starting off my journey. <laughs> yeah, I agree. What else would you say about any other specific boundaries that you have learned that you would want to share so people don't have to wait as long <laughs> to um, <laughs> know what they should know or what we know now? Respect your own time. Your time is just as important as your clients. Like Lovely stated, she gives 
20 hours a week towards her clients and she gives five hours a week towards her own business. That is very important. You know, like I'm a mom and I know a lovely is a mom too. So I also have to give time to my child. Then I have to give time to my family. Then I have to give time to my friends. So being an entrepreneur is not like your nine to five. You work 24 seven. Okay, so you're always thinking about your business. You're always trying to implement something in your business. You're always thinking about strategies. You're always trying to think about funnels. You have to respect your time as a human being. You are not just a CEO. You are not just a mom. You are not just a sibling. You know, you have to respect your time so that you can be mentally and emotionally prepared and ready to tackle whatever situation you have in your business. And I know they say that um, entrepreneurs work so hard. Yeah, we do. Because you have to think of everything all day long, but you have to have self-care. That's just as important as you having self-care for your clients and the work that you are doing for them, but you have to be mentally and emotionally prepared. And the only way that you're going to be able to do that is you have to carve out time for yourself. I just started yoga, I would say a month ago. And I think since I've um, became an entrepreneur, that is one of the best things that I have done for me. I can regroup every single Saturday for an hour where I'm just meditating and I'm just thinking about, okay, what I got to do, or I just shut my brain down. And like, I'm forced to shut my brain down because I'm in yoga class <laughs> and it's a great thing. So once I come out of yoga, I feel refreshed. And then the next day is Sunday. So I'll just prepare for my upcoming week. So it's very, very important for you to respect your time, keep yourself accountable for, having time to yourself, self-love, you know? Yes, I was just going to say that goes back to self-love. Oh, self-care. Don't, do, don't do it. <laughs> don't do I it. I say it like that because I'm really not where I want to be in the self-care journey. And I feel like, you you know, I have people that'll check up on me and be like, hey, you know, what are you doing for 2022? And um, for your self-care journey. And I'm like, I'm still where I was in the 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't given up hope, but I'm not where I want to be yet. So, but yes, so make sure you guys stick with your boundaries. I will tell you, I have been in a lot of uncomfortable positions too, because people will test my boundaries rather it's intentional because sometimes I think it is <laughs> or if it's unintentional they're putting me in an uncomfortable spot where I know that we have clearly discussed the expectations we have clearly discussed what will be what um, and then you know they're perfectly fine with it for a while and then they kind of test to see hey <laughs> Let me see if I can slide this in. And that will happen to you a lot. I'll be honest with you. I just feel like that's an entrepreneurial thing too, because we know that, or, or our clients also know that we kind of make the rules. So 
you definitely not only want to set your expectations, but whenever you feel like you're being tested, definitely, definitely stick to them. Because once you let even a little crack open, that's when all the floodgates will come in. And sometimes that could be uncomfortable for a lot of different reasons. But just know, it's kind of like when you're a kid, you know, your kid wants to test you. They know the rules. They know how this is going to go. But they want to see if they can get away with it. And if they do, the next thing you know, they want to test all these other boundaries you put in place. So now back to tips or strategies on how to stick with your boundaries. Uh, So Shantae. What what kind of advice would you have on that? A discipline, I guess, because it's easy to it's easy to not follow them. You know, you have to just stick to them. I guess each situation that you're in, some of your boundaries can be adjusted if it's for the better of your business and for the experience for your clients. So if my hours are from nine to four, however, one of my clients has something, an an emergency, um, say there's a product that needs to go out a little bit sooner than the normal time you establish, then that's fine. You know, but if you stick to your boundaries and not alter it, it could cause some problems. But in certain situations, I do think you can be lax on your boundaries long as you long as you and your client know the foundation is still there. And this is just a one off chance. And I would say if you were to do something like that, you definitely want to um, make sure that they're aware again of that expectation um, and that it is a one time shot or chance um, that it is. So I would definitely say that. Uh, I do think it's hard to stick with boundaries. People will try to make you feel selfish or make you feel guilty when you stick with boundaries. I think we've all probably been in some situation where we were like, no, no. (laughs) And they're like, but hey, can you please just do this for, for me or just one more time or They think you're absolutely crazy um, or not even a team player because you're not doing necessarily what they want, how they want it, and when they want it versus sticking, you know, especially if you made those expectations very clear. So it can be hard, I think, to stick with boundaries. and I think for me, my one of my biggest strategies would be, again, just knowing your foundation on why you're doing what you're doing and what you're looking forward to doing and how you want to get there. Uh, because that is my biggest motivation. When I'm stuck in those situations, then it's like, well, lovely. Do you want to be in XYZ place or did you want to be in ABC place? <laughs> So then it becomes easier for me to say, well, no, or I'm sorry, but at this time. Now, I will say I don't like to really um, give any clients just an absolute no. So I usually always have a way to options, uh, to give options. I don't like the idea. If your answer is no, I feel like as a professional, you should be able to have other options. 
and be able to present those because people love options. Nobody likes just to be told no. <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna right. Be honest. So if you're able to say no, I'm not able to do it at X Y Z time, but what I can do is option one or option two. And then that way they can also see that while you're sticking with your boundaries, you're still willing to, um, you still care about their business and you're still really willing to meet them halfway. And I think that's an important skill um, that people, that will help your business really flourish if you're able to do that. Because again, like I said, nobody likes to just hear flat out no, and that is okay. But if you can get to the point of where it would be a flat out no, instead of you just saying a yes or no, there's always gray area. There is always a way to still maybe fix the problem without breaking your boundaries. That's meeting them halfway. And I also feel like you get um, better respect that way too, because business entrepreneurship, a lot of it really is built on negotiation as much as we don't want to accept that is true um, <laughs> very so true you're always yeah if you're always that one that's always giving the one person everything they want then they they do start to kind of feel a certain way you know and you might even start to feel like you're going a little bit more into the employee role than you want it um so you should always try to come up with other options that you can do and like I said, that is a skill. So try to put in some buffer time. I I like to do buffer time. If I'm not sure about something, I find ways to create time and space. <laughs> and I'll be like, I'll come back with you on that. Or let me look into that. And give yourself some time to look at some other options that maybe you can create. So you can come back and tell them, look, we're not going to do it all your way. But I am willing to also, you know, meet you in the middle and then come with A, B, and C. So I would suggest when you're talking about boundaries, just know that it doesn't have to be black and white. Your boundary can still be, you know, black, but there's usually always gray area. So there are usually other options you can throw in there. Um, but ultimately, when it's about sticking to your boundaries, you want to stick to your boundaries because if you start um, doing it too much, you will definitely see that this is not the business that you really wanted to create in the first place. And then you're going to get burnt out and you're going to get frustrated. And then like many people give up on their business. And quite honestly, I think a lot of it is because they don't stick to their boundaries. I don't think it's necessarily financial because if you're sticking with your boundaries and you know why you decided to do what you do, then you're going to stick with the financial boundary as well. <laughs> but I do think ultimately it's just the overall thing of it's not turning into what I want it to be. And a lot of times, unfortunately, that is because we don't stick to our boundaries what would you say Shantae do you have anything to add to that or um no not really I'd stick to your boundaries and if you say no stick to it and mean it um it's okay to say no 
like you said, it may be uncomfortable, but it's okay for you to say no. Because once again, you have so many other things going on. If it's in those allotted times that you carve out for you and your client, it's okay to say no. Like I can get back to you at such and such time about such situations. Um, just stick to it though. If you're going to say no, make sure that you do stick to it. Agreed. Agreed. And I know one thing I've learned from my mentor too, is that one person's emergency does not mean it's any urgency for you. Um, this definitely goes back to boundaries and you have to understand that sometimes Sometimes people maybe have done some poor planning or things just happen because sometimes life just happens. That happens to all of us. But if you start seeing that happen too often and they're just like expecting you kind of drop it because it's their emergency, they need it fixed, they need it fixed right now. That alone is an uncomfortable situation, right? Because you know that they are leaning on you and you want to be a great a virtual assistant or service professional and give them what they want. But in all reality is their emergency does not have to constitute as your urgency. You may have other things planned. So if it's like, hey, I need you to drop this or, you know, hopefully they will ask in a more respectful way anyway. But just know that because people do have things that happen they have life happens, emergency happens, it could be poor planning, and they're depending on you. And that alone is an uncomfortable situation. But do not feel like because it is an emergency for them, that you have to stop what you're doing and do what you got to do for, for that. Because, and I will tell you guys, I even have expectations on that. And that is in my onboarding too. So if you feel like, I have a turnaround time. This goes with the response time. So my turnaround time is 48 hours minimal. That means you can't come to me with a project in less than two days and expect a turnaround. Otherwise, you get charged extra and it's by pre-approval only. So, you know, if you go to the post office and you want to hurry up and get something sent out, right? it's going to cost you extra because you need express or you need rush. It's going to cost you extra. And again, sometimes I wonder, cause I know I've sent things in the mail and it got there really fast anyway. And I'm always like, eh, I might want to take my chance, you know, but you leave that up to the client, but also put that in your contract, put it in your contract. Give yourself ample time to turn around any project as a minimum. And then, and notice I said minimum. (laughs) And then also have, if they want to do a rush job, if if there is an emergency, that it has to be pre-approved and that then they will pay you extra. It can be a flat rush fee, you know, rather it's just a flat extra $100 or whatever it is you want to charge can be an extra hourly rate but make sure you're putting that in there that way number one you're leaving yourself space to say yes i can do this um because sometimes i don't know about y'all but i really love my clients (laughs) and i want to be there for them 
But I also don't, I have to be careful that I'm not turning into that person that's, you know, putting their business ahead of my own business or even ahead of my own personal life. Because like Shantae said, I am also a mother as well. I ha- I mean, I have to clean my house, y'all. Y'all, psh, I got to cook. They always hungry. I mean, those regular <laughs> everyday stuff does not go away just because you decided to be an entrepreneur. It doesn't. So that's why you need your your boundaries. And that's why you need to stick with them. And the more you can try to identify them up front, the better off it will be because if they come to you and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I have this emergency, you can say yes, but due to our contract, you know, if I am going to go ahead and do this and drop what I'm doing, it will be an extra fee. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. That's fine. I know. I just need to get it done. That also helps them to not be encouraged to continuously do it, right? Because people don't usually want to constantly keep paying, um, extra money. So that is something else that I would say that I would implement into my contract. If you haven't done so already, I did not do that. I honestly, I don't know why, but I did not think of that. Now in my contract, I do have, if payments are late after a certain time, then, you know, like any other business, you don't get a late fee. However, I didn't, think about it. Now I got to go do my darn contracts over again for Express. I don't know why I didn't think of that, but I did. Thank you, um, lovely. Well, you know, that's the thing. I, this is a journey. And like I said, when I first started, I didn't even know what boundaries were. I was My coach was like, yeah, you need to think about your boundaries. Well, well what does that mean? <laughs> I, you know, I'm just here to get my money. So, Again, make sure you guys have your strong foundation. You know why you're doing what you're doing and how you want to get there and where you want to go with it. It does make it a lot easier for you to um, then know if something's aligned with your boundary or something isn't aligned with your boundary. Um, So that's the first thing. Because if I don't know why I'm doing my business, but it just sounded great and I just wanted some extra money, I'm going to be honest then I would be taking a lot of opportunities just because they're paid. But because I know my a part of my why is because I want to spend more time with my kids and I want to get paid more, then I know that I need good quality opportunities or else I'm going to be spending more time on opportunities that aren't getting me where I need to go because I'm going to be spending time, but financially not getting where I want to be. And that's time I could have been leaving open for maybe a more premium client. And that's just the reality of it. So it becomes very easy for me to make other decisions. It becomes easier for me to decide what I'm going to do. Even outsourcing. I always get this question. When do you outsource? Well, I just told you, I spend 20 hours a week on client work. If I'm over 20 hours a week, someone comes to me, but I think they're a great client. I want to work with them. And it's a 30 hour a week job. And I'm already at 10 hours a week for another client. That means I only have 20 hours a week to do. So you know what that means? You get to outsource and that person gets 10 hours a week. See how simple that is? It's really not hard. 
And you already know you have the money because that person is paying for 30 hours. So you just give them, you can just give them the excess. There's different ways you can do that model, but that's just a very simple way to say, can I really afford it? And how much do I give them? There you go. End of story, right? So not that simple. simple. I've I've tried. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I mean, I guess because you've practiced it and you've done it, it, it's simple, but I'm still like, you know, I need a VA. So it's, it's, we, we can take this off channel. <laughs> I can, I can, I got you, you know, I got you, but it really is that simple. It, and if you have those strong foundations, you know what it is you can do and you got quantitative and actionable steps. I promise you it, your decisions don't have to be as hard. Now, sometimes there are decisions I have to make that are still hard, but they're more like decisions of the heart. <laughs> like, I really like both of these candidates. Which one are you going to pick? Or I really want to more in my mentoring and coaching side of my business. However, maybe this one person is really tugging at my heartstrings and I want to work with them, but I know that they aren't necessarily my ideal client. So, I mean... Those are the kind of decisions for me that are a little difficult, but again, I think it's a a blessing that I am my own entrepreneur because if I decide to just, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, then that's what I do. (laughs) And at least I have that freedom. When you're working for someone else, you don't even have that freedom. It's whatever the company says they want to do is what it is. But if I want to step out, and have the freedom to make that choice, then I can because it's my business. <laughs> right? Right. Like Tabitha says, it's my business. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I do love that part about it. But yes, it is very simple. And that's why, you know, some people can also look at you and be like, oh, wow, you know, um, how, how are they doing this? It's, it is because of practice. And it is nervous, uh, Shantae. Anytime you're going to make some of those kind of steps and you're like, oh, financially, this is this and that and that, you're always going to be nervous. I don't really think that ever goes away. It gets easier because you get used to it. But you, it's some things you will always be nervous about. And when you make that first step to have your own VA, that is a nervous step. But I promise you, once you do it, and you you're getting rolling for about two months you're like oh i got this next thing you know you're like i think i might want another one yeah yeah it'll flow like that and if you want to continue this conversation of boundaries i know lovely's um company l-o-n-e came out with a blog this morning and it is also about boundaries so i encourage anyone to go ahead and check that um blog out just click on the link that's attached right above our heads and click on her website, click on blog, and you will be able to read that article. Awesome. So I think the last thing, Shantae, I'm really going to say about boundaries is just, I'm going to recap kind of what we talked about. Talked about why boundaries are important, why when you start, you may not know what a boundary is, because if you're coming from nine to five, they already have boundaries in place for you. But when you are a freelancer, now how important it is for you to come up with your own boundaries. 
So you are still sticking with and keeping aligned with the business that you truly want to have. So that's why it's important. You don't want, it's going to help you keep from being burnt out as an entrepreneur. Because if you're doing a lot of things you really didn't want to do, you will get burnt out easily. And then you will probably want to quit, give up, and though therefore. So other than that, uh, we talked about some strategies, which really the main strategy is just make sure you have a strong foundation. Know when you want to work, how much you want to work, and what your overall why is. Because if you know those things, at least those simple boundaries, you will be able to know when a client and potential clients come up to you with certain opportunities if they fit in with your alignment or if they don't align. So it'll be easier for you to stick with what your boundary should be. So on that note, I hope to see everybody again next Monday between 10 at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and joining the Virtual Assistant Alliance. But we are going to close out the room. Thank you for listening to Two VAs and a Mic. I'm Shante Harris. And I'm Lovely Brooks. Until next time. Until next time. Peace.